0: You can be seated. We're excited to be with you uh, today. We're continuing our series on faith. And uh, for those of you who may not know, I actually, when we started March, I actually had another series that, that I wanted to do. But in praying and just seeking the face of God, he says, no, we need to really get grounded as a body and as a church in this area of faith. Um, and I shared this illustration that I hope you're not getting tired of hearing it. But I think if, if you grasp it, in your heart, it'll help you in so many areas that when I was in school as a teacher, I had one key to my classroom. But every now and then I needed to go to different places to 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 access rooms in different places. So every time I went, they would just give me another key. And so before all was said and done, I had 13, 14 keys on my keychain. And every time I needed to get somewhere, I had to flip through all these keys. You ever been there? Flip through all these keys to get where I needed to go, but as I moved up and became a dean and assistant principal, they gave me one key, and it was called a master key, and that master key, no matter what door you went to, that master key opened every door, and so the reason I shared that was the fact that faith for us as the body of Christ is the master key. It helps us to access everything that God has promised us, everything that, that um, God has for us. It's, it's God's method of exchange. It's how we bring the supernatural, come on, don't be afraid of that word. It's not weird. The supernatural into the natural realm. How many of you know you need God to do some things that you can't do on your own? So you need God to put some super on your natural. See, that's what it does. Supernatural does not mean not natural. It means that God is adding something to the natural so that you can move in everything that he has for you. And so I was sitting there thinking, you know, you, you go to the, the publics or grocery stores, and on the, the rack, when you're checking out, you see all these magazines. Some of these magazines with people, they got muscles and they look like they've never been through anything in their entire life. And then they have a little uh, shake or something that's attached to it. Say, so if you just buy this protein shake or you just get this, it, the, the appearance is that if you buy the shake, watch this, that you can look like the picture on the magazine. How many of you bought some shakes before? <laughs> and, and But the reality that we end up realizing is that it's going to take more than a shake to get to what I'm looking at. And so the, what, what I thought about is, is the same thing. You go in the gym. How many of you got a gym membership at the beginning of the year or right after Thanksgiving? You, you get the gym membership, and then you go in, and it is packed during those times. But after a while, a couple of weeks, you start to say, oh, we're not going to see them anymore. <laughs> you know, And the people who, who make the resolutions or whatever, they, they stop showing up. Because they're not getting the physical appearance that they want to get so fast. I'm going somewhere with this. And the reason that they don't want, they, 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 they don't get the appearance is because it's going to take more than walking in the gym. It's going to take more than uh, walking and looking in the mirror saying, oh, man, do I look good? I look, you know, it, it takes more than that. See, at some point, watch this, and this is the spiritual application, at some point we're going to have to pick up the weight. Because it's the weight that makes us strong to do everything that God has called us to do. Now, what does that mean in the spiritual? I want to talk to you today about the weight of faith. Because what has been preached is that faith has no weight. (laughs) But the reality is is that if we're really going to be people that walk in all that God has for us, if we're going to walk in the plan and the purpose that God has for our life, we've got to be willing to carry some of the weight that God is calling us to carry. How many of you know you got to be strong to walk by faith? And sometimes, to, And most of us desire to be strong. The challenge is, are we going to do what it takes to get to the place where God has us to be? And so I was sharing with some of the fellas on, uh, on Friday night. We have our guys night out. I said, we preached one side of faith for years. And that is name it and claim it. Call it and haul it. Grab it. Uh, Blab it, and grab it. My name is Jimmy. I'll take everything you give me. That's what we preach. But the reality is it's going to take more than talking about it. There's some things that I think what they say now is eventually you got to be about it. There's some things that you're going to have to do in order to walk in all uh, that God has for you. Now, the good thing about it is that his burden is easy and his yoke is light. See, but what we're doing is we're carrying weight, but we're carrying weight that's not ours. We're carrying weight, and we can't progress when we're carrying things that don't belong to us. How many of you carry things and people that don't belong to you? And if you carry something that was not designed for you to carry, you will wear out. So you let it go. And so the weight of faith, I want to start with this scripture in James 4.26, and here's what it says. For just as the body without the spirit is dead... So also, faith without works is what? Dead. Now, here's what I've learned, and this is the illustration I was sharing. You could, how many of you are on social media? Okay. So I did a little experiment. I I said, you could post something about all the wonderful things that God wants to do in your life. And that thing would get liked about a thousand times. A minute later, you could post about the responsibility that God gives you in order to get all those wonderful things that he wants to do and to get liked twice. Because, watch this, it's not important about the likes, but what it is is we are preconditioned to desire what will be done for us, but don't want to accept responsibility for carrying what it takes to get there. I know this isn't going to be necessarily a popular message tonight, Uh, uh, this morning, but if you're saying, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to go wherever you want me to go to to be who you have created me to be, then we'll begin to see progress in our life. How many of you know where you are today is not where you were designed to stay? Faith is progressive. It's now, but it's progressive. It's always designed to move you from where you are to the next step that God has for you. So faith is not stagnant. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's not stagnant. It's not still. Faith is moving. Hmm. This is working, isn't it? Y'all can hear me out there? Okay. I just, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. So here's the principle. Where there is faith, there must be corresponding action. And this is why I waited till week three to talk about this. Because I cannot tell you I have faith. And there not be some tangible action on my part that lines up with the faith I say I have. And so what we have is this. I believe it's going to rain, but I'm not taking an umbrella. I believe it's cold outside, but I'm not putting on a jacket. You see, my faith has a corresponding action. Me putting on the jacket, me grabbing the umbrella is proof that I believe that the weather report is correct. So now... How do you know you believe the weather report that God has spoken over your life? Because you begin to take steps not away from, but in the direction that God has for you. And the problem is, is that when you start to move by faith, when you start to walk forward, you're always going to be dealing with people who can't see it. And I don't know, more people have been discouraged by the voices around them who can't see what God is doing. Because they talk according to what they see, not where God is taking you. Somebody say keep moving forward. See, faith, you got to keep moving forward in spite of the voices that are trying to keep you where you are. Your blessing is not in where you are. It's where God is taking you. Why is my corresponding action important? Here's the principle. My corresponding action is an invitation. God will intervene where he's invited. Mm. It's so deep, but it's so simple. We sit and say, God, what is it going to take for you to move? God, what is it going to take you to work this out in my life? God is waiting for an invitation. And his invitation is not something that you always speak. It's something sometimes that you do. Lord, in other words, I believe you're, you're taking me somewhere. So that means that I've got to release the baggage that's keeping me here. See, see we, we, we've done church so well that we want to ignore the fact that sometimes we got some luggage that can't go with us. Now, watch this. If you ever fly, here's what they tell you. They tell you, you can take this and you can take this. And if you want to take anything else, don't miss this. It's going to cost you. You can still go, but it's going to cost you to carry more than we, let, we want you to carry. Spiritually, the application is the same. God is taking you somewhere. But if you try to take certain things with you by faith, it's going to cost you. But I love it so much. I'm used to it. I'm familiar with it. I'm comfortable with it. What you're comfortable with is costing you your promise. Say move out of your comfort zone. See, you sometimes in order to walk by faith, you got to move out of what makes you comfortable and what makes me comfortable because if you're always where you're comfortable, you don't have to depend on God. But what God wants to do in your life, what he wants to accomplish in your life is going to require complete dependence on him, and you can't depend on him and you at the same time. We, we, we're comfortable with what we can do. That's reality. As long as I can do it, as long as I can control it, I'm comfortable with it. But when God says, no, I'm going to put it just out of your reach so you have to seek me. Oh, God, I don't know if I want that. How many of you say, man, that looks good. I'm going after it. And then when you find out how much it costs, you're like, oh, (laughs) Your promise is too important for you to keep something that God didn't give you. I don't know who that's for today. Maybe it's for me. But the thing is, is you sometimes we 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 hold on to things not because they're good for us, but because we're used to them. But if what you're used to is killing you, let it go. What we're holding on to, man, this wasn't even the direction I planned to go with this, but all right. God, you're in charge. What we're holding on. Onto is actually causing us to limit God's work in our life. And you're like, well, you can limit God? How can you limit God? You can't limit God. You don't know the scriptures. Okay. Psalm 78, verse 41. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and did what? Limited the Holy One of Israel. So there are things, there are patterns of behavior that we can have in our life that actually box God in. And it doesn't mean that God can't do it. It means that he won't operate within our frame of thinking. You see, what we've done, rather than worship God, we've created the God in our own image and decided to worship that. But here's what he said. What's a limit? A limit is a restriction on the size or amount of something permissible or possible. And so that's how we we approach our prayer life. That's how we approach church. That's how we approach worship. We say, God, I'm with you as long as you work within the confines of what I'm comfortable with. So when he comes to you and says, I know you're used to this, but I want to move you in this. I know that you're used to just kind of flexing in front of the mirror, but I want you to pick up something you're not used to carrying. Because if it's too heavy for you, you got to ask God to help you. And see, what I found is some of our prayers are so deep, but they're ineffective. They're ineffective because at the time you're saying, thou, Lord, I wish you would. Really, what you should be saying is, Lord, I need help. One word, help. Humility is found in that word help. When I say to you, Brother John, I need help, I've told you, and I've, I've opened myself up and say, I can't do this by myself. And see, our independent thinking in this day always wants to be able to do it by myself. But you'll be called constantly. God will call you to places that require you to move beyond you. Hmm. Am I just preaching to me today? Y'all identify with this a little bit? All right, I'm just making sure. Hebrews 2.4, God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. See, God will put a stamp on our faith. And how he does that is when we begin to act and walk by faith, God will say, okay, now I'm going to put a stamp on it and I'm going to go to work on your behalf. Our society is this, God, you move, then I'll move. But God says, no, I'll speak. You move, then I'll work. And it's like, we, we always want, you, you ever wanted to have all the answers first? I did. I do. Lord, show me exactly how it's going to turn out from point A to point Z. All of it. I need to know every detail, and I need to make sure. Now, God, I need you to answer this prayer, but I need you to do it the way I want you to. And I need you to do it by Tuesday. God intervenes where he's invited. God intervenes where we say, Lord, not my will. Not my way. See, some of us have gotten halfway there and we've said, Lord, I want your will, but I want it my way. I want everything you have for me, but I want want you to do it my way. Scripture is filled with people who said, I'll do it my way. And every time there were people that were convinced that they needed to do it their way, it didn't turn out well. Genesis all the way to Revelation, when somebody said, I'm going to do it my way. But our society is the same way. I'll do it my way, God. I love you. I'll go to church, but I'll do it my way. And then you're saying, Lord, I don't know. I don't know why you're not moving, because that's not my way. In case you forgot, I'm, I'm God, I see the whole picture. So I know even though the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, sometimes you got to obey me and go this way because I know what I'm doing. How many of you have some pain in your life, some struggle, some hard things happen in your life that you couldn't explain? Even now you're going through things that you can't figure out. Why in the world am I going through this? Why am I dealing with this? Why don't I have answers to this? And God, he's answering you, but he's not answering the way you think. That, you know what? That's what takes faith. It did not take any faith for God to answer you the way you think. But it takes faith for him to say, I know you're praying. I know you're crying out. I know you're seeking my faith. So here's my answer. Two words. Trust me. Hmm. Trust me. When we don't trust God, we limit him. Who we perceive God to be is who we'll receive him to be. I'm talking about critical pieces of faith today that will move us to the next level. And it's not really about hype this morning. You know, it is what it is. If you clap, you say amen, fine. But we got to grow and move forward in this thing, in faith. And sometimes it requires us to understand, first, who, who God is. I mean, who he really is. Because who I perceive you to be, that's how I'm going to respond to you. And you could have something for me, you could have what I, I need, but if my perception is not right, I'll miss it. People miss it all the time because they make judgments according to appearance, according to what they see. According, Well, they don't really say it the way I like to say it, but they, they, they have what you need. But it takes humility to say, you know what, even though it's not being delivered the way I'm used to. They got what I need, and I got to humble myself and receive it. I'm going to prove it to you because you, somebody will say, well, you're just giving your opinion. I'm glad you asked. Mark chapter 6. I'm going to show you this. and this, 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 I stayed in this scripture this week because, it, honestly, it arrested my attention. It, it bothered me when, when I started reading this. Jesus went out from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And the many listeners were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him? Such miracles are as these performed by his hands. I'm saying it how they would have said it. Is this not the carpenter? That's Mary's son. Brother James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Look at verse 4. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his own relatives and in his own household. Remember I talked to you about limiting God? Watch this. And he could do no miracle. We're talking about Jesus, the one who opened blinded eyes, healed withered hands, spit on clay, rubbed it in somebody's eyes, and they, they saw, opened up ears that couldn't hear. This is Jesus, right? But look at what this says, and he could do no miracle there, except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he wondered at their unbelief. You can be so close to your miracle, but our failure to honor who is coming through limits God. And you know what it is? We can't receive it because we're used to it. And I was, as, I, as, I, as I read through this, I was praying, Lord, help me to never get used to you. Help me to never become so familiar with you that I don't believe that you have the power you say you have. His family, his relatives, those who were right there with him could not receive from him even though they saw what he was doing. And it baffles my mind. They saw him do these things. They heard his wisdom. They saw him heal. They saw him work miracles. And the Bible says they took offense. In other words, they stumbled over what should have been easier for them to receive. I know this is not, not jump up and down Sunday, but here's the principle. We will never receive from what we refuse to honor. That's the weight of faith, is honor. We'll never receive fully from what we refuse to honor. So even in that, and here's, here's the other part that I kind of chuckled about. Even though he couldn't do any miracle there, even in that, he said, well, he still laid his hand on a few sick people and healed them. So you can get healed. Healing is still there. <laughs> you know, Even in that, for those of you who have trouble believing God for healing, e- even in this... Sea of unbelief. He still laid hand on sick people and healed them. But what they should have received was limited because they were familiar. You know what that sounds like? Let me, let me bring it down because I want it to hit home. What that sounds like is, yeah, we know how church is going to go. They're going to do two songs. Somebody's going to come up. It's going to last about this long, and then they're going to do this, and then he's going to preach about this long, and you've gotten used to God. And so God is speaking to you right now, but you can't hear him because you're used to him. And so, Lord, don't ever let us lose our awe of you. Don't ever let us put you on a place that we put other human beings we know, we, God, we have gotten so used to you. We know how you're going to act, how long it's going to take. And I said, well, Lord, you love your people. Why can't they hear from you? Because they don't have time for me. They got time for everything else. But when I say, Lord, Lord do, you have time, do you have time to just open your word and spend a few minutes? No, I don't have time for that. There's too much going on. I'm too stressed out with other things. So you've got time to be stressed out, but you don't have time for God. Realizing that the answer to that stress is in what you won't do. And you won't do it because you're used to not hearing. I would pray, but it's just going to turn out the same way. Used to God. You know, the enemy is so sharp that he knows what it will take to get you to not do something. He knows who to use. He knows who to talk to to get you to give up. He knows it could be something silly to somebody else, but he knows what comment to drop in front of you. So that you'll say, what's the use? And just quit. But I came, if you don't hear anything else to tell you, to just get back up and keep on going. Because God has got something for you. And as long as you keep walking and you keep on moving, you'll get to the place that God has for you. You yeah, know, I, 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 I should have been there last year. Okay, you didn't get there last year. Keep on walking. It's not over yet. If you've got breath in your body, do you realize that it's not over yet? Do you realize that if you walk through these doors, what what has been coming against you, what has been attacking your mind and your body, it's not the end for you. But all you got to do is say, by faith, I may not have it all figured out, but I know God. And here's the getting used to him part. I don't know how, but I know God. You'll get used to him when you think you know how. But when you know God, it doesn't matter how, you just know that he is who he says he is. I want you to be encouraged today. Don't allow your familiarity to dilute your faith. Because that's what will happen. Is you sit there now, we're six, seven months old, and you've heard me preach most Sundays, so you know what you'll say, oh, we're used to him. And so what will happen is, God will have a little seed of something to move you to the next level in your life, and you'll miss it because you get used to things. And so you've got to, to, like Paul, say, I die daily. Lord, open my eyes so I can see what you have for me today. Uh, Lord, if you want to bless me through the song they're singing, Lord, use that. If you want to bless me through the greeter that high-fived me, do that. But Lord, let me be open to what you're saying to me today. Because the answer that you're seeking is in his presence. And you're frustrated because you're looking for man to do something that only God can do. And you'll tap into what God can do when you get in his presence. And so you can't sit there and say, man, I wish they would stop singing that song. There's a reason we're repeating certain things. Because sometimes you need to get them in your spirit. And just because a song ends at this minute doesn't mean God is finished. But our society says that that it's got to be from this time to this time or else, God, you got to wait till next week. What you've just done is say, God, you're not God, I am. Honor is the cure for familiarity. The only way that you will not become familiar with the gift that God has placed inside of people or you won't become familiar with God is to to intentionally and consistently honor him. What is honor? What, what does that word actually mean? See, this whole thing of the weight of faith is going to come full circle. Because you, when you honor somebody, that means that you put on them something that, that started with you. In other words, you, 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 you cannot honor apart from giving something. Honor is not words. We've always said that honor is actually, Lord, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm offering you the sacrifice of my worship. Or my praise in the midst of what I'm going through. See, it's easy to praise him when I'm not sick. But when I, what about when i got to praise him and worship him through the sickness? Notice I said through because you're coming out. See, what the enemy put on you is temporary. There's a phrase that's repeated throughout the Bible, and it's called, it came to pass. That means that it may come, but it will. <laughs> Y'all missed it. The struggle that you have in your mind, in your heart, in your family, in your relationship, on your job, in your body, it came to pass. That's what you learn when you begin to walk with God is that there may be things that come in front of me, but nothing that the enemy brings in front of me can stand against me with God on my side. And so we need to be. Encourage today, because I, I I've noticed something doing doing church for a little while. Is there certain things that is very easy to get people off track? Certain things like even the weather will affect our mood, and we don't even realize it. I just you know what it's just so gloomy outside, and all of a sudden before you realize it, you start owning it, and then you begin to walk in that same thing. But you got to say you know what. Even though the conditions are saying one thing, I know God. And so I don't have to submit my spirituality, I don't have to submit my walk, I don't have to submit my belief to God to my circumstances. But my circumstances have to bow at the name of Jesus. And so honor is the cure for humility. Now watch this. Dishonor is proof of a lack of faith and a lack of understanding. Whenever you don't honor something that you should honor, it says that you don't understand what you're in the presence of. That's a whole other teaching. But when I get in the presence of God, if I really understand who he is and who I am in his sight, the only response is worship and honor. I can't stand in his presence. I have to bow in his presence. And I'm not talking about like a physical, it may be physical, but there's no how can anyone get in the presence of God and say, God, it's about me. It's about what I want. It's about this. No, when you get in the presence of God, the only response is, Lord, you're so wonderful. Lord, you you're marvelous. Lord, I'm so grateful that you allow me to come boldly to the throne of grace that I can obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. But when I realize who he is, I don't come with condemnation. I come with the fact it says I can come boldly. But I'm coming to a throne so I can't come on my own ability. If I'm at a throne, I got to bow. Is this too deep? Okay, so I'm at the throne of grace and and here's the thing. Let this build your faith that I can find grace and mercy to help in the time of need. Help is not help if I don't get it when I need it. But I gotta do what I'm supposed to do when I get in his presence. (sighs) It's not in your notes, but write this down. Pride is the enemy of progress. Pride doesn't always look the way we think it does. The revelation of this myself this week. It doesn't always look the way we think it does. Because we've taught that pride is just this. Right? I'm too good for you. I don't have to listen to anybody. And we've taught that's pride. But you know what pride really is? What I want is more important than what God wants. The way I want to do it is more important than the way God wants to do it. Pride is when you go in the doctor's office and he tells you, do this and you'll improve. And you say, I know you have the credentials, but I'm going to do this. Now, I understand. I know God leads and certain things like that. But spiritually, the same thing happens. We pray and God says, just do this. And you know what we say? I'll do that. He says, pray. You want to fast. He says, give. You want (laughs) to pray. Y'all know I don't preach that, so it's not not about that. I'm saying that our stubbornness is killing us. And we've got to surrender and say, you know what, God? I promised him I was going to get through all these slides, and I am. But... Here's the thing. Every blessing that God has promised us in his word, he's given us the instruction of how to get it. But our pride says, you know what? And, and, and I began to share this, I think, with some of our team. This is the best illustration I can give you. We as believers get frustrated because we look for a harvest on a seed that's been eaten and not planted. That, 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 that's as real as I can get with it. And, and, and it's not, that's not a money thing. That's, that's every area. There's certain ways that we're supposed to plant certain things and they're supposed to harvest certain things. Well, that's your opinion, no? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And so the principle, we understand the principle, but we're looking for a harvest of joy. When what has been planted doesn't match what we're looking for. And so we get frustrated. Now, you take that any other way. We get frustrated. We blame God. We blame others. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. But God said, What did you do with the seed and the word that I told you? Did you plant it or did you eat it? Come on. We reject the gift that God is trying to give us because it's wrapped in a way we refuse to accept. He doesn't wear a suit and a tie and a bow tie and a handkerchief, so I can't receive from him. The people out there like that. Everybody can't dress like Brother John. No. No. Uh, No. Okay, so let me wrap this up here. Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 through 31, um, and I'll move through this quickly. All this is about faith. And a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the front of his cloak. And for she was saying to herself, if I only touch his garment, I'll get well. Here's the principle. For those of you who've been suffering, some of your suffering is going to lead you into your supernatural. That's what I encourage you with. The fact that I'm going through all these things without purpose, but really in the midst of it all, God is going to use it. He maybe didn't cause it, but he's going to use it to draw you into the supernatural. He's going to use it to, to cause you to know him a little bit more. But we got to do what this woman did. What we desire publicly, we must first declare privately. See, she said, listen to what she said. She said, if I can just touch his garment, I will get well. There was no doubt in her mind at all. She said, "If say, if I can get to him, I might, I might get well if I touch him. No, she said, if I just touch his garment, he doesn't have to talk to me. He doesn't have to tell me I'm wonderful. He doesn't have to say all these things about him. If I can just get close enough to touch the bottom of his garment. What are you willing to go through to touch Jesus? If I want to see something, I have to have the courage to say something. But Jesus turning around, seeing her, said, daughter, take courage. Your faith. Say your faith. Your faith has made you well. At once, the woman was made well. At that very instance that God speaks, what he says goes to work in our lives. And this is where we get discouraged. It isn't, it isn't because we, we may not see an instantaneous thing. But as soon as God speaks over you, something begins to start happening. And so what we have to do is begin to start to agree with what God has already said. If he said, you're well, you're well. I was sharing with somebody, I said this. Now, everybody knows, what's today? And this is my, one of my favorite illustrations on faith. It's Sunday, right? Is it Sunday? Okay, so now, we all agree that it's Sunday. But if God showed up, came on this stage, and said, you know what, Shannon Life City Church... Today is Tuesday. What's today? Why is it Tuesday? Because God said it's Tuesday, even though everything that we're looking at, our circumstances tell us it's Sunday, the calendar tells us it's Sunday, but as soon as God shows up and speaks, the situation changes. And that's how we have to approach our faith. Everything is talking to us, saying it's one way, but God said today in your life is Tuesday. Don't miss it. When Jesus came into the official's house and saw the flute players and the crowd in noisy disorder, he said, leave, for the girl hasn't died, but she's asleep. And they began laughing at him. But the crowd had been sent out, and he entered and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. Here's the principle. In order to walk by faith, we must remove the voices of doubt and unbelief. So even Jesus, he went in this room, and he had to work a miracle. But before he did, he said, no, you get out, 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 daughter. Get up. And some of you have some voices that got to be removed from your life. Because God is, where God is taking you, you can't go because you're listening to the wrong things. You got the wrong things in your ear. They're telling you you're not going to make it. It's not going to get better. Nothing's going to be different. Everything's going to be the way it always is. I'm used to this. You're just stuck here. But God is saying you need to get rid of all those voices. And sometimes you got to say, I can't talk to you no more. This conversation is over. Because what you're listening to is keeping you where you are. The challenge of that is we tend to listen to people who keep us where we are because that's where we're comfortable. But if you want to know a real voice in your life is a voice that's always calling you, come out. Come out a little further person really, really cares about you, really loves you. They're, they're calling you. They're not letting you stay in that pit of unbelief. They say, no, you, got, you, got, you can't stay there. You know how we get mad at people when we're mad and they won't let us stay mad? When we're depressed, they won't let us stay depressed. When, they, when we're upset, and they won't let us stay. So we get mad. We don't want to talk to them. We'll call the people that, that join us in that foolishness. <laughs> we do. Y'all Don't act like you don't do that. I'm just so mad, such and such and so this and that. And other. Yeah, he is that and this. And so the conversation goes on for hours. But when you call somebody and say, you know what, that's not God. You need to forgive him, and keep on trying, keep on going. No, I, I, I got to go. Somebody's calling me on the other. <laughs> one more thing, one more thing. Not one more thing, yeah. Maybe one more thing. People will always want to speak to where you are and not where God has taken you. That's why it's better to have a few quality friends than a whole bunch of foolish ones. (laughs) That's that's the only way I know how to say it. Because if you're not careful, you get around the wrong people. They will only speak to your current condition. People who speak to your current condition were not called to your life. It's a hard thing to say. Because you need people in your life who can see past your problems to your purpose. And what it is, is if if people are not walking by faith, they'll come up to you and all they see is what they see. But you got to have somebody in your life that sees what God sees. So that when you're down, they say, get up, pray, get your faith back, get your focus back on God. Don't give up your vision. Don't walk away. Those are the people that you need in your life. It's hard right now, but keep on going. But you surround yourself with people that say, what's the use? Last scripture. Not the last verse, but the last scripture. (laughs) Talks about these blind men who who needed something from God. And this is where I want to park and bring this home. It says this news spread throughout all the land, verse 26. And Jesus went from there, and two blind men followed him, crying out, have mercy on us. And when I began to study this, I said, Lord, how how, how is it that two blind men followed you? It says they're blind, but they followed you, which means that they couldn't see And this thing got me I hope it gives you like that they couldn't see but they were able to follow you and here's what it is let, let me say this first faith they, they, they cried out have mercy on us and so faith is the best way to access the mercy of God we already talked about pride faith and pride can't coexist. Uh, when he entered the house verse 28 the blind men came up to him and Jesus said to them do you believe that I'm able to do this and they said to him yes Lord so here it is about what I want to say about these blind men. They, they, they were able to follow him because they moved not according to what they could see but what they could hear. And that's the principle because the news about Jesus had spread. So they had to be, even though they couldn't see, they had to be close enough that they could hear where he was going. And so you... And I have to receive today that even though I can't see a way out of what I'm dealing with right now, even though I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, I got to move according to what I heard. And the preacher said that if I have faith, it's my title deed to the things that I'm hoping for and the things that I can't see. So I'm not moving according to the impossibilities in front of me. I'm moving according to what I heard. The Bible says, so faith comes by hearing, not by seeing, by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So I can't see healing, but I'm moving in the direction of healing because that's the direction that God is going. It's powerful. Because we're arrested and we're paralyzed because we cannot see past what we see. When you can't see past what you see, you know what you do, You settle. because if i settle i won't be disappointed hmm. here's what it sounds like you don't expect anything you won't be disappointed so it's better for me to go through life without expectation i i want to believe god but you know what i don't want to be disappointed Tried as hard as I could. Still nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. I did, I did everything they told me to do. I prayed. Fasted. I served. Come to church. Come to church early. But I still feel like quitting. And God is speaking to you. Stop moving according to what you see. I need you to move according to what you hear. And let me give you a little secret. This is how I I talk to you. The voices of doubt and unbelief scream. But I just whisper to you. In the midst of your struggle and everything beating you up, I'm here. Stand up. Everybody stand to your feet if you can. Just close your eyes. I want to say this last part to you. But faulty faith desires God's results based on our own ability but true faith rests in the ability of God. These blind men, the faith of the blind men worked because they acted on what they heard, not what they saw. I feel so strongly in my heart today. It's almost like it's all over the room. You feel like it, it's just impossible. So God, if this is what you say inside, God, I'll be okay as long as it doesn't get any worse than this. So the enemy's actually pushing you to just stay where you are. But God is gently inviting you come closer. Come closer. And so here's what I want to do. If you're here and you whatever, whatever that is, but you you would say that the, the situations that you're facing in life, they are impossible apart from God moving in them. That's you. Just Nobody's looking around. Just slip your hand up. We're not going to make you come up unless you desire to. Uh, But I'm facing an impossible situation right now. Okay, Lord, I hear you. Here's what the doctor said to some of you. You can only hope for this. Paraphrasing the wording he's given to some of you. And what they basically told you in gentle terms is your condition will not ever get any better. You know what those are called? They're called facts. But God wants you to know today that facts don't always line up with truth. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll say this every Sunday. And so if he healed blinded eyes, if he made the lame to walk and the dumb to speak and the deaf to hear, what you're facing is too big for you, but it's not too big for God. If you'd be honest and say, I came in and I I, I came, but I felt like just giving up. Slip your hand up quickly and pray for you. Amen. Lastly, if there's anybody in here who's not been saved, you've not been saved or kind of walked away from your relationship with God and say, you know what, I'm giving God another shot. I want to just, I want to try it. I want to try and. Have that relationship with God again. Just slip your hand up. I'm going to agree with you in prayer as well. Amen. Been struggling in the area of provision, just believing God in that area. Lift your hand. if you would now that we've done that everybody who's physically able just lift one hand lift two just an act of surrender and receiving what God has for you today Father in the name of Jesus I speak over this body today those assembled to worship you you know better than me as, as pastor what they need personally but I speak the word of God over them today your word says I am the Lord that healeth Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of my sins, who heals all of my diseases. So I speak healing over this entire body today. I command this that the spirit of sickness, the spirit of infirmity leave their lives, and not only their lives, but their homes. I come against recurring sickness in the name of Jesus. That sickness that seems to just linger and linger and never really permanently leave. I command it to go and stay calm. In the name of Jesus, I speak over everybody. If they have people connected to them who are not well emotionally or physically, Lord, that you would bring, begin to bring healing into their lives right now. Lord, remind those who are struggling even with mistakes of the past and failures of the past. And so whenever they come against trouble, the, the enemy reminds them almost like on a VCR, just rehearses every mistake that they've ever made to the point that they refuse to believe you. I command that spirit to go right now in the name of Jesus. Your word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. And so now I speak hearts of obedience over everybody in this room today, Lord, that we would move and walk in a way that draws the blessing into our life. Lord, I believe you for creative miracles, Lord, to begin to happen in people's lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that our spiritual sight would be keen and open. Now, I pray for every person who has uh, relatives who seemingly are under the control of the, the enemy. Lord, I break that power now in the name of Jesus. I command every generational curse, every generational cycle to break in the name of Jesus. Lord, we celebrate you today. We praise you like they did even in the book of Acts when they sang and they praised and the shackles came off and the prison doors were open. Everyone who's in the prison of their own mind, their own emotions, their own heart. I command them to be free because whom the son set free is free indeed. And I declare that this is a house of liberty. It's a house of freedom. It's a house where people will not leave the way that they came in, no matter what they came in with, that the presence of God, the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit would change their lives for eternity. Lord, that, that voice that keeps telling people they're not worthy of it, they're not worthy of your promise, that, that spirit that keeps pushing back that which you have for them, Lord. We humble ourselves to receive everything that you have for us today and we declare it to be so, and we declare it to be done. Where it's in Jesus' strong name we pray. Let everyone shout from the bottom of their heart, amen. Amen. Shout amen. Come on and celebrate Jesus in this place. Come on and praise him in this place. Don't let him make him feel uncomfortable. You're putting a deposit on your blessing. Don't, just, just about a minute, just celebrate God in this room today. Praise him for your freedom. Praise him for your healing. Praise him for your deliverance. Praise him for your family member who's not saved and your family member who's struggling. Shout liberty. Shout liberty. Shout freedom. Shout freedom in Jesus' name. Lord, now we praise you and we bless you for everybody who's in this place. Lord, as they leave, let them leave filled with the joy and the gladness of the Holy Spirit. Let them leave celebrating what you have already done in their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, our prayer team is up. I'm happy to pray with you, but we'll see you next week, and God bless you.